what's up? Sedano LZ and Cap, and you heard Clinton's in today. And we have a special thing today. Not just is Clinton here, but it is his actual birthday. Happy birthday, Clinton Yates. Thank you, George. I appreciate that. The big 4-0, as Mike Gundy would say, I'm a man. Come after me. I'm 40. So yeah. that's where we are. I'm excited about it. Thank you. Right. Well, well, happy birthday, Clinton. Glad that we get to share the day with you, man. But let me tell you something right now. Yeah. Take it from me. When you're 40, you're a little baby. You're just a little kid, man. No different than you were 18, 21, 25. Oh, hell 30, no. What are you talking you're about? A little that, kid. that is not true. Don't you're listen to this hey, man. 40 is the new 25. Trust okay, me. if that's what you need to believe, Cap, I'll give you that. But I will say this. There was somebody on Twitter who put this out there the other day, which is it said, those of you who are 30-plus on Twitter, would you trade places with yourself at 21 right now? And frankly, my answer is no. no. Sorry. Living <laughs> no. pretty good out here on the beach. Yeah. Excited about it. So I think I'm good on trading places and time traveling right now. <laughs> yeah, trade I, places I, I, with your 21-year-old self. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely not. No chance in hell that I would uh, <laughs> that I would trade places with myself at 21. Yeah, I, honestly, I don't feel like I really started living until like I was in my late twenties, like yeah. really living. Yeah. Now, so I'm happy about it. I mean, listen, not to get too serious about this, but as a brother from DC who grew up in the eighties and nineties, I didn't know that I'd see 40. We heard, um, we heard Byron Leftwich talk about that after the Super Bowl when they won it. You know, that was a real thing for people growing up in my time. So I'm happy to be here literally, never mind on the air with you guys. So let's Dude, get it let right. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Um, you know, where you grew up, how you grew up, uh, listen, it's making it to 40 is a big deal anyway. Yeah. You know, like seriously, because <laughs> I, I had a cousin of mine who at 40 years old got into a bike wreck and dude at 40, that's it. And I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on. Rewind <laughs> the tape here a little bit. No, it doesn't work like that. So yeah. congrats, man. You've made it to 40. And like you mentioned, Mike Gundy, I'm a man. I'm 40. Hell yeah. Are you going to do anything epic in your 40th year? I don't know about epic. I'm, I'm working on some things. But tonight I'm going to dinner with my best friend and my cousin. So that's 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 exciting. Uh, yeah, for sure, man. It's going to be fun. Like, I think we're going to have fun with you today. Uh, LZ's out doing adult stuff, like I like to say. You know, he's, <laughs> got, he's always so busy, that LZ Granderson. Yeah. But, uh, but he's doing adulting. So we've got you for the fun today. Now, I, I, I want to I know this, okay? I want to know what Greg Bergman feels like right now. His team, the UCLA Bruins, were on in the play-in scenario. They win that. They win their first-round matchup. And now they have a monster lead, okay? A 20-point lead with six minutes and change to go in the second half. And we'll get to the Sweet 16 if they hold on. Bergman, where are you right now in the euphoria scale? I am being cautiously optimistic. I've seen large leads go away in the past, and Dude, I don't relax. want it to go Come on. away now. No, Come on. Uh, look, it's a 20-point lead nothing. with six minutes to go. Come on. It uh, doesn't mean anything. The game's not over yet. I'm waiting until the game is over. But if they make it to the Sweet 16, I'm very happy because I knew this was one of the best teams in all of college basketball <laughs> all year long, and nobody believed it but me. Are you, are you being serious? You knew yeah, this is one of the best. So they played in the playing game. Why? Just because? Because they lost Chris Smith, who was their senior leader, who was one of their best players, who was supposed to be in the NBA draft last year, but stayed back instead. They lost Jalen Hill, who left for, for uh, personal reasons, and we don't know why. He was one of their best bigs on the floor, and he went away. And so that was a big loss. And they had to completely revamp their entire offense. And now they're showing, and all the Pac-12 is showing, that, that UCLA is a good team, and the Pac-12 are all 
Yeah, sounds pretty it, confident it, to me, Cap. Yeah, don't Pac-12. listen to that. Don't listen to any of that, by the way, Clinton. It all sounded compelling and persuasive, like he actually really knows. But the bottom line <laughs> is they had to scratch and they had to claw their way in. But here's the thing. You got to give it up to the conference because so many people complain about conference as not being preparation for the tournament. Gonzaga doesn't complain about it in their garbage conference. And look at what this conference, the Pac-12, has done versus SEC, ACC, Big Ten, Big 12. Very impressive. Yeah. Conference of Champions, George. I mean, you know, people say that in jest, but they've shown up, you know, and I think that that's one of those things that in the tournament, that's become one of the cooler storylines to me as the years go on. I'm not a huge bracket guy anymore, and it's not like the NCAA tournament is necessarily indicative of who's going to go in the draft. Now, these conference battles are very interesting. I think this is a big deal for the Pac-12. They had what I would call an off year in terms of press, in terms of exposure, you know, like, uh, like Greg talked about, you know, guys are leaving left and right, not just at that program, but in, you know, the Pac-12 is an underviewed conference. I understand that we're in Pac-12 country, but nationally, people don't know this. People are laughing when everybody says conference of champions. So this is good for everybody in our area oh. that they're actually showing up. For oh, sure. I don't think there's any question. And the other part of it is this: the Big Ten. They said best te- <laughs> best conference in the country. They said, oh, they beat each other up, man. There's so many of these teams that could have gotten in and should have gotten in. They said, and what happened? They're getting wiped. Okay, they're getting destroyed. <laughs> In this thing, okay? And LZ's fake bracket that had Illinois has now been busted as well. So there you yeah. go. Hey, That's do you funny. guys realize that they there was an there were a record eleven upsets? This was like I want to say midday Saturday. Right. So the, the the amount of upsets and the teams that are still alive, like Creighton is playing Ohio right now. I like Ohio tonight. Okay, I, yeah, I want to see. I got to turn over to that game because I got the UCLA game on right now. Right. But uh, I mean, you know, USC plays tonight. Um, this the, the 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 upsets that have happened have been really incredible. Like I look at Syracuse. I mean Syracuse as an example. I didn't think we, I talked about this last week, George, when we had Jay Billis on. I I thought San Diego State was gonna was gonna beat up on Syracuse, and Syracuse now finds themselves in the Sweet Sixteen. So uh, Oregon State is another story where the media picked Oregon State to finish last this year in the Pac-12. They won it and. Look where they are right now. So very yeah. exciting. Loyola, Chicago. Uh, what's the, what's the sister's Sister name? Jean. Sister Jean. Sister Jean. She had this prayer. I mean, she she prayed this victory to happen. So this is fun, man. For for someone like myself who really didn't pay that much attention to college basketball this year, way to go, UCLA and USC. You have piqued everybody's interest. So well, I have a couple of notes about UCLA. My bad, George. Which no, is. No. A story that I told you guys in the break. So for those of you who don't know, I went to Miami of Ohio. That's the college I went to. I covered Ben Roethlisberger when he was there, which is how I got into the business. And I was in Cincy for a couple years afterwards working in radio. Now, when I was there, head coach of the UCLA Bruins, Mick Cronin, was hired. For those of you who don't know anything about Mick Cronin's life, well, Mick Cronin, if you know what he looks like, he's a relatively short, balding, white dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever, fine. And his wife happens to be a very lovely, tall, black woman who, you know, is, by all accounts that we understand, a great person. However, at this time of the world in America, a movie named Napoleon Dynamite was very popular. (laughs) And if you know anything about that movie, 
Kip Dynamite is exactly who Mick Cronin <laughs> looks like. And I say that in all kindness. It's not a joke. He's, I, I remember I met them once because they came into a restaurant where I was working. And I was like, oh, Mick Cronin, nice guy, lovely wife, great family. And they've shown his dad and his daughter there. So we root for Kip Dynamite because that's a great bit. And I think yeah. he's done a good job with the Bruins. What was her Kip. name in, in Napoleon? Was it La, La, Fonda? La Fonda? La Fonda. La Fonda. Yeah. yeah. La Fonda was the name he's of the like, They're great. They're great. It's good to see their family out at the games. Yeah, it's um yeah, he's great. He came on. It's and he's one of those coaches. Not everyone is this prepared, right? Like he's one of those coaches that he knows who he's being interviewed by, whether he knows or like going into it. If not, he will prepare because Greg and I had him on when I was doing middays back in the day. And when he had just gotten the job, right, Greg, like not that long before it was that first season. And so it was last year. And I said to him, I said something like, you know, Mick, I, I, I don't follow, you know, the Pac-12 as closely because I'm, you know, I'm working NBA games. He goes, oh, no, I know who you are. I know that you're on Around the Horn. I know, like, he literally listed my resume on ESPN. So, he, so to his credit, he is ultra prepared. If he was that, if he's that prepared for a stupid interview with a schlub like me, you know he's prepared to play basketball. That's for sure. I love it. Did you guys think, Greg, did you guys think that there was any sort of extra pride in winning the play-in game. Like, if UCLA loses the play-in game, and we all know it's the first round, it's technically the tournament, but right. it's not. You know what I'm saying? In, in a lot of eyeballs, including the bracket eyeballs, how bad would that have been if they dropped out of that game losing to Michigan State? If they lost to Michigan State, it actually kind of would have been okay because it's Michigan State and it's Tom Izzo right. in the tourney. Yeah, Tom right. Izzo wins in the right. tournament. I usually right. run him all the way to the Final Four in regular years. So it wouldn't have been a terrible deal, but, I mean, I would have been upset. You yeah. would have been really upset if they lost to, like, Abilene Christian here or whoever they're playing now, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I would have been very annoyed if this was if they made it to the second round. And then they yeah, because they would have, right, they would have lost to a team that has that had never won a tournament game until they, you know, they got to this year's tournament. Yeah, I can see that. Like, you're the blue blood, man. You need to love, you need to be able to squash these teams like you're doing right now. Right. So, because like, it, good it, for it's, them. It's no good when you're on the receiving end of a Cinderella Beat down. So, no, for example, no. when you're Ohio State and Oral Roberts beats you, does anybody remember last nope. week we were playing the game, um, you know, and we were asking everybody, where are these schools? Does anybody know where <laughs> Oral Roberts is? I'm guessing Texas. Great guess. Anybody else remember? I think uh, Oral Roberts is in, you ready, George? Go ahead. Oklahoma, I think. Yeah. Oh, I think okay. so. So you, if you're Ohio State, you're on the receiving end of the Oral Roberts Cinderella train. Florida finds out what's going on. And hey, come on, Oral Roberts. Take down number three, Arkansas. Keep going, Oral Roberts. Yeah, yeah at, at this point, I want anarchy, <laughs> right? Like, just just give, just whoever you are, just keep beating. Like, well, not in the UCLA, USC stuff, but, uh, well, UC, USC's playing a good team today. They're playing Kansas. But, um, yeah, like, I, I want anarchy. I want all these upsets or whatever. But in the Final Four, I'm one of these guys. I want all this anarchy, but by the time the Final Four hits, I want blue bloods. I want yeah, teams I recognize. It's totally I, I, true. By the time you don't want you don't yeah. want nobodies by that time of the tournament. Right. Absolutely not. You're right. Yeah, no offense to uh, Jib Laradega many years ago, right? I know that you know you, you know Mason Nation area. baby. Yeah, yeah. George Mason. Like no disrespect to those guys, but I want you know Kansas. I want what you know, UCLA, right? Like I want these teams 
in the Final Four. I want I teams know, that man. I recognize. I, Loyola, Chicago, and Oral Roberts. Come on, just for the no, goof of it all. No, for the goof. No, no. no Loyola, I wouldn't mind. Sister Jean is very easy right. to root for. And she's popular, right? She's she's in, you know, she's someone in the, uh, basically in pop culture now these days. Um, so anyway, so UCLA, we are monitoring the situation closely. Uh, we've got a uh, we, we've got good vibes for Greg here so far, so that's what's what's going on. By the way, have you have you guys looked at some of these like the, some of the mascots for these teams? Also ridiculous. Like just like when you think about mascots, like n- no disrespect to this school because it also is a Pac-12 school. But my wife, who grew up here, always makes fun of Stanford. She's like, it's a bleeping tree, okay? <laughs> like honestly, I know they're the smartest people on the West Coast, arguably, right? That go there. Uh, no offense, Ramona, but it's like, uh, it's a tree, man. Like, how is it a mascot? How is your uh, tree your mascot? That's yeah, not well, good. Yeah, but you also now, you know, you have the people that'll say the Cardinals. And people go, no, 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 um, excuse me, it's Cardinal. Right. Yeah. Singular. Oh, oh yeah, and it's, and it's not a bird. It's right. a tree. Like, you know, it's so you tree. have to be on the receiving end then yeah. of the shaming of not being aware of the Stanford tree. You feel me? I do. The worst part about this mascot situation, though, and you guys have not brought it up yet, is the Timoji element that CBS is bringing to the game. Who are these dancing digital characters? Whose idea was this? <laughs> okay. And why do you have other people dancing behind them? Okay. This is not a good look, y'all. Thank we don't you. need to see Clark Kellogg embarrassing himself out here <laughs> yes. on stage. He yes. is too respected for this. I thought that was unbecoming. Of those yes. gentlemen on yes. that broadcast. That's Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad you brought this up because I have to make a, a comment here. This is a political statement, and, and make no mistake, here it goes. You guys laughed at me last week and said I'm a terrible dancer? Did you see Clark Kellogg? It, okay, look, Seth Davis was trying. Like, Seth Davis was trying really hard. Wally Zerbiak, dude, didn't you spend like 10 years in the NBA? Bro, you got no moves at all but Clark <laughs> Kellogg. My man. Loosen up, dude. I mean, George, you thought my dance moves were no good? Go watch Clark Kellogg. So basically, then, is, this what you've, what, is this what you've succumbed to? Where it's like, if you see someone who dances worse than you, you're like, you immediately have to point them out and correct. call them out. That is Hit dogs yes, holler, sir. as we yes, say sir. in the, yes. in the <laughs> black community on that one. <laughs> I mean, right. Laura, what do you have to say about Kaplan now literally looking, seeking people out who, who dance worse. worse than him? Yes. No comment. Uh, Laura no doesn't comment. think much about it. Right. Yeah. That's, that's how far yeah. we've come on that. No so. comment. I no, mean, but it's on. it's not good when you got old guys dancing. We don't need this. Wally Zerbiak, by the way, has perfected the supervillain look on a level that oh I just God, can't yeah. even deal with. We are yes. fellow alums of the same school, but his yeah. suit game is yeah. so sharp and it's so it's like it's it's like evil in the context of how good it looks. You know what I mean? Like he's too sharp for a brother that we only see once a year, basically. You know, <laughs> well, talking, first of all, he goes with the vest. Basketball. The vest under the suit, which I've never done, um, but I know feels people who, who rock that. It's just yeah. not a thing I feel like I can pull off. Mm-hmm. That's too much for me. That makes me feel like I'm going to go, you know, heist a bank with a Tommy gun or something. You know what I mean? While I'm wearing a fedora. Like or, I'm I'm like, or I'm like a groomsman or something at <laughs> well, like a me, wedding. For me, it's like a, comp- it's like a compression top. It can hold this all together. You see <laughs> well, what I'm okay. saying? That is one way to look at it, for sure. Spanks, if you will. Male Spanks. Yeah. Male Spanks. All right. So we should have the conclusion of UCLA on the other side. Uh, We're going to try to get maybe, uh, you know, someone on, uh, perhaps, from uh, the the squad or maybe Martin Jarman, our friend, who's the AD there. We're going to try to hook up with somebody here in the next, uh, you know, hour or so. You know, let them celebrate a little bit as they get to the Sweet 16. But coming up next, oh, yeah, we haven't forgotten. We started with UCLA because they're in action. 
But it, it, it was a bad weekend for the Lakers. How much worse will it get? Or are there reinforcements on the horizon? We'll get into some of that stuff coming up in two and a half minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Yes, sir. Time to find out what today's Money Madness School of the Day is. Clinton, you are a guest today. You get to decide what we're shooting here, a three-pointer, a mid-range shot, or a dunk. I will take the dunk, just like we dunked on Kaplan for his terrible dancing skills. All right, let's see what school we got here. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You heard it. Today's Money Man is school of the day. Oral Roberts, Golden Eagles. Remember it. Write it down. Etch it into your memory. Make sure you're listening during the 5 o'clock hour for the Q2 call. It's all brought to you by Harris Resort SoCal. Are you game for a getaway, kiddos? Plan your fast break to funner at HarrisSoCal.com. All right, Sedano, LZ, and Cap with you here. Clinton in for LZ today. This portion of the show is presented by Alignment Health Plan, changing healthcare one person at a time. So, look, obviously we know what the hell happened this weekend, Mm -hmm. and LeBron gets hurt. Now, I will say this, okay? I I know that some of the Lakers players took exception to Solomon Hill doing something dirty. I, Clinton, I, I saw, when I saw the replay, I saw a guy who was already on the ground reaching for the ball. I just saw a really crappy situation occur. I didn't see any malice behind that. Did you? Uh, No, I didn't. And I think that sometimes people get a little too caught up in thinking that all elite athletes make always elite plays at all times. That's not how any of this works. Sometimes things just get clogged up or botched up and people get hurt. You know what I mean? I, I, I didn't look at that as malicious comparative to most of the things I've seen in basketball, never mind comparative to what we see in the NBA. When people want to hurt people in the NBA, they can't. You know, and I, this did not strike me as that at all. No, George. Yeah, George, I got to say, man, for everybody that came out right away and said, you know, that was a dirty play, I'm like, I don't see it. You know, but, but here's the thing. We're so accustomed to LeBron being superhuman that sometimes we forget that he actually is just a human being just like the rest of us. And if his ankle gets caught at the wrong angle at the wrong time, then he too can get hurt. And so uh, I think that's where, for at least for me, like, oh my God, I forgot. LeBron's a man. He's not a robot. He's not a machine. He actually can get hurt. And when he does get hurt, they don't just bionic man this guy and change out a part. He got to go do what the rest of us got to do. He gotta Although he did stay in the game immediately to hit a three, which I thought was incredible. <laughs> yeah, and it was then, great. Uh, but then you could tell that the that the swelling was beginning at that point. And um, yeah, and you know, to your point, he is he is not a cyborg, right? Uh, as much as we like to think that that's the case. So, Cap, I'll ask you. Uh, I mean, what is the biggest issue now here? Like, what, obviously, there's. Plenty to go around here, but if you had to pinpoint something that you see with this team now and say to yourself, oh, my God, how does this happen now uh, beyond the obvious of LeBron and AD being out? Like, what are what are some of the issues you think that this team has at the moment now? Well, the, the number one issue that this organization has right now is 
they're going to have to deal with something. And they're going to have to deal with something called reality. And reality is that the likelihood of winning a championship this year has just taken a monster hit. Not saying to you it can't happen. Because, listen, AD could come back healthy. LeBron could come back healthy. Maybe the Lakers don't make any moves because they say, hey, we just want to get our guys back because with the rest of these guys, these guys are all role players. We'll talk about moves in a second, I'm sure. But here's the thing. The reality is this is not likely going to be our year. So what are we going to do? Are we about to make massive roster moves because we still think we can do it? Because we think LeBron and AD are back soon? Or are we going to deal with a little bit of reality, which is we got to get both of these guys healthy because we're not just this year. We're not just AD the next three or four. It's LeBron too. So for me, the number one issue right now, George, reality. Huh. Okay. Do you think that, I mean, I, I, I guess what you're saying there, Cap, that is they've basically fallen out of the favorites race, in your opinion, because we just don't know about the injuries or because – you know, maybe they weren't there at the top to begin with. I mean, like, where are you on that? Because to me, I, I, it's the reason it's such a problem is because of the thing I think they need to focus, rather stay with, is focus. Like, it's difficult when you have two major players out and you have a fan base that is constantly wanting more to sort of stay in the right place. Even when they were obviously the best team in the West and they were sort of in cruise control, focus was considered an issue. It's something that we've talked about. You know, what are they doing? Are they just in cruise control to the playoffs? So that to me is a big issue there. Is It's not that they're not professionals and they can't figure out how to play a game every night, but you know, a lot of things happen around a team in an NBA year. And I, I, am I going to count them out of the championship race at this point? I don't know that I can do that because of the injuries, but it'll be very interesting to see what these next two weeks are like, just in terms of how everybody feels about their sort of place on the team because of all those changes in the trade deadline coming up. Okay, so I'm somewhere in the middle in the sense of, of this, okay? I do think that it's, a, it's not if they're going to fall in the standings. It's how far they're going to fall in the standings because LeBron is going to be out probably a month or so, give or take, uh, you know, a week in either direction, right? At the at, right. that that's a a pretty good approximation, right? In regards to high ankle sprain, even including LeBron's own history, because I heard our pal Ali Clifton on Spectrum in the immediacy of it talking about the last time he had a high ankle sprain, which was I want to say she said 2017 in Cleveland, and it's interesting because we'll have Dave McMiniman on at five o'clock, and we can ask him about it because uh, he was there uh, covering him back then. And she says it was the preseason. He didn't play any preseason games, and it gave them a chance, you know, almost four weeks in for him to be ready for the season opener. But, you know, that's even Cyborg LeBron back four years ago took three and a half, four weeks to get over something like this. So at the very least, you're looking at 10 to 12 games that he's going to miss. I don't think – I think if they could get to 500 in those 10 to 12 games, that's a victory for this particular squad with what they have available to them, okay? Now. Yeah, yeah. But, it, but George, just honestly, like when you look at the schedule, okay, and, and you look at what is ahead, and four weeks for LeBron is optimistic, okay? Six weeks might be, this is a maybe, might be more realistic, and that's even then kind of hopeful. I've seen, as I'm sure you guys have as well, plenty of high ankle sprains. This is not like some little sprained ankle. This is a very, very serious deal. So whether or not he can come back and be who he was as the season and the intensity is amping up, but there's a road trip coming in, in you know, the third week of April 
where they're at Dallas twice, or actually even before that, excuse me, the first week of April, April 4th, um, they're playing the Clippers. Then they, they go on the road at Toronto, at Miami, at Brooklyn, at the Knicks, at Charlotte. That's a lot of travel. No AD, no LeBron. Tough schedule ahead. They're going to uh, have no to question. hold on. That's why I said it's, it's no – to me, it's not about if they're going to fall. It's where they fall in the standings. But like Clinton, I'm not ruling out a championship still because if those guys – all they got to do is be back – look, the season ends May 15th, I believe, okay, the regular season. Yep. If those guys are back before the end of April, I feel pretty good that given those two or three weeks and treating that almost as like a glorified exhibition as long as you remain in the playoff uh, standings, I still feel like no matter where they're positioned, as long as those two guys are healthy, I don't care that if they're the seventh seed. Hell, I don't even care if they're the eighth seed, to be honest with you. Now, I don't want them in the play-in. Uh, in theory, I don't want them in that seven or eight because I don't want them in that play-in scenario, which means that, you know, they gotta lo- if they lose two games, uh, you know, just because they have some, you know, bad luck or something, I, I don't want that on them, okay? But if they can stay six, at least at six, I-, I don't have a problem with them at all. Now, look, if they got in the play-in, do I still think they could win the championship? Yes, as long as those two guys are healthy. I'm not ruling them out because I do think that they will be back before the playoffs. I think this is the worst possible time for this to happen. And I don't mean worse in the Kent's, in the state, the sense of everything has gone wrong, but like it's just far enough away from the end of the regular season that you think you have a chance. But it's also just close enough where you're like, oh, I don't know. It's going to be kind of tight on the back end. And I think if you're getting into a scenario where you're falling to six, seven, or eight, and you might end up seeing, oh, I don't know, the Clippers in the first round, like you don't want that. You know, I mean, I think that they have real goals that have to be at least attempted. I don't think that you can organizationally say, well, no AD, well, no LeBron. We can sort of pack it up because there could be some real consequences to falling in the standings in terms of your ability to compete in the playoffs so they have plenty to play for that's for sure it's just a matter of whether or not they can do it and considering how they looked against the suns dude i think they're screwed i think they're they're completely screwed (laughs) i mean i hate to be such a uh you know a a naysayer okay but i'm just an emotional wreck when it comes to this kind of stuff i live and i die i i you know i'm on the roller coaster you know sometimes we're going up sometimes we're going down and right now we're going in a loop-de-loop because i think they're screwed right now all right, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776 if you want to weigh in. We're going to get to some calls in a little bit. Uh, we also have our game, overrated, underrated, properly rated. Don't forget, in the 5 o'clock hour, our Money Madness School of the Day was given at 4.15, like it's done each and every weekday here. So you got to hear for the cue to call in the 5 o'clock hour. And once you hear that, if you are caller number 8 and you have the correct Money Madness School of the Day, then you will win 200 bucks, okay? And be qualified for the big grand prize, which is $1,000 in cash and the trip to Harris SoCal. So, all right, this segment uh, has been brought to us by our friends at Santa Monica Lincoln, your Los Angeles Lincoln dealership for sales and service. All right, overrated, underrated, properly rated, and some calls on the other side. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more More than than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. 
Tennessee, Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 710 ESPN, back in three. And including, and this one is sports, having to go on live television and interview Jerry Sandusky during that whole Penn State thing. Like that thing, I can't even I imagine that. how wild that had to be in real time doing that. That wasn't taped, that was live. So he is absolutely properly ready. He is the GOAT, in my opinion, at least of my generation, okay? Um, then underrated, I will go with, um, with uh, Keegan-Michael Key because – uh, I, not for the reasons you outlined. I think plenty of people know who he is. I just don't think people realize that him and Jordan Peele are not just great at being on camera and whatnot, but their ability to create content, I think, is something that doesn't get discussed enough. Although with Jordan Peele, with the movie releases over the last couple of years, we've seen more of that. But I'll go underrated. And then I'm with you. J.J. Watt, yes, great humanitarian, but, you know, he's not Lawrence Taylor, okay? He's not <laughs> Reggie White, okay? Let's stop with this, okay? Overrated J.J. Watt. What's next, Greg? All right. Clinton, on this day in 1980, Pink Floyd hit number one in the U.S. singles chart with Another Brick in the Wall Part 2. In 1984, Queen shot the video for I Want to Break Free. And in 1997, Puff Daddy featuring Mace hit number one in the U.S. singles chart with Can't Nobody Hold Me Down. So Pink Floyd, Queen, and Puff Daddy. I'm not talking about P. Diddy. I'm not talking about Sean Diddy Combs or Puffy or whatever you want to call yes, him. Puff Daddy. Yes, Daddy. yes, you are. That iteration. Daddy. That's, that's, yes. that's okay. Okay, so for me here, Pink Floyd is overrated. Uh, just because this is outside of my demographic standpoint. You know what I mean? Like I didn't I didn't look, I didn't hear Pink Floyd songs like I got to college. I didn't even know who they were. Um that's just me and my life. Uh hold on. Puff Daddy, who else? I keep forgetting after you get Queen. Pink Floyd, Queen Queen. Queen, Queen, Queen is properly rated. Queen has bangers, as we like to say, uh amongst my amongst my squad. So I like Queen, but to me, Diddy is underrated. All right. This guy is one of the most entertaining and amazing entertainers of our time. All right. Don't worry if I write rhymes. I write checks is still the best line he's ever written ever. And when he shot the video for Bad Boys for Life out here in L.A. with Shaq and Ice Cube and Snoop and uh, Ben Stiller and all those guys. Love Diddy. He will never, ever be correctly rated enough because to me, he's one of the goats, as George would say. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Pink Floyd. Overrated. Now, I liked Pink Floyd. You know, because when I was in college, I mean, we would just get high and listen to Pink Floyd. That was kind of like the fun thing to do, <laughs> nice. you know, right? And then we would try and figure out how we were going to pass the drug test when the NCAA would spring it on us randomly. So Pink Floyd, though, overrated for sure. I went to a concert one time, George, in the old Joe Robbie Stadium in Miami. Dude, right. I was so far away. I don't even know if it was really Pink Floyd that was there or it was just somebody playing Pink Floyd's music. So Pink Floyd, I'm going overrated. I'm going to say Queen is properly rated right where they should be. And I'm going to say Puff, under 
underrated Thank and you. underappreciated in many ways. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I'm with. I actually agree with you guys. Like, I'm with you on all those. Um, uh, Pink Floyd reminds me of just being at a planetarium. Basically, uh, I'm too. <laughs> I'm too young for for Pink Floyd. Um, but that doesn't mean that their music's not good. I just think compared to the other ones, they are they're definitely overrated. Hey, real um, quick, I think- I'm just real quick. I'm just watching this Ohio game against Creighton. This kid on Ohio just had a Zion moment where his Came whole out of his shoe shoes. just blasted apart. <laughs> Can't have that. Adidas, wow. what are we doing? Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, got to do better than that. Got to do better than that. Um, so, yeah, properly rated on Queen. And I'm with you. Underrated on, on Puffy because not only just because – I mean, not not because of his performances, because his performances are, are, you know, they are what Whatever. they are. Yeah. But the, his his ability to produce, his ability to find talent, um, to me is is almost second to none. Right. So I, I would say underrated in that regard. One more, Greg, because we got some calls. I want to hold on. In. Quick update: We have a two different shoes situation for this guy. He's going to be wearing one gray shoe and one black shoe. Coming okay. back in the game, that is fantastic. Adidas. Greatest I thing that ever that. happened to Adidas right now. And we talk about all these kids and their names and their likenesses and can they get endorsement deals? This nobody kid from Ohio just tore out of an Adidas shoe. This kid's set for life. This is great. All right, we'll get one more in, and it'll just be for Clint because I'm sure the other two did not actually watch it. The Falcon and Winter Soldier debuted on Friday. Clinton was the first episode of the Falcon and Winter Soldier overrated, underrated, or properly rated. Let me read you a tweet, and that will answer the question for you as I scroll through looking for my Star Wars group chat. Here's what it says. Disney Plus press release says the Falcon and Winter Soldier was the most watched series premiere ever on Disney Plus. I'm going to go with correctly rated for sure. People love that series, so they're getting it done on that front for sure. Okay, fair enough. That's overrated, underrated, and properly rated. Uh, All right, so let's get to the calls. Let's go. We got a couple here. We got Noah in Studio City. Noah, what's up? My guys, what's happening? Yo, yo, Uh, what's up? This is... This is getting painful, man, this Lakers situation. Like, I personally thought that even with a healthy AD and LeBron, that they were going to have their hands full because their three-point shooting is just too inconsistent. And now with those guys out, we are seeing really what else we have on this team. And let's, here's, here's what I say. There's three guys that are ballers on this team. Montrez, Schroeder, and that kid Tucker. He is a gamer. He wants it. I don't see – where's KCP? Where's the mana from heaven? Where's the rest of these guys? They're all just a bunch of guys, and that is not enough. We've got to make a move and get a shooter. We need a big. If we don't, we're in trouble. And I'll tell you what, making the playoffs, I don't see this team without LeBron and AD. I don't see us winning more than two out of the next 12 games. And if that's the case, and I don't see how I'm wrong, you tell me who this team's going to beat. Who are we better than? We can't shoot threes. We can't make free throws. We throw the ball away at an alarming rate. Who are we well, better wait, than? Well, wait, look. Who I mean, they, they, they're going to beat Cleveland. Um, they're going to beat Orlando. And they're going to beat Sacramento. Even with this team, they're going to beat. There's three right there that I'll give you right now that are happening in the next couple of weeks. So Yeah, but, uh, but when but you look you, at Noah. the schedule, though, dude, I mean, you got, you got New Orleans oh, and Oh, no, Philly. no, New Orleans coming yeah. up on t- you know, tomorrow, which we right. won't be – it'll be on during our slot, so we'll be off tomorrow. You know, right. Philly, but yep. I, I get it. It's not easy, but I, I don't think that um, – I, I mean, two, two was felt, a, you know, a, a bit of an exaggeration, personally. Well, here's um, the thing, George. It's, it's not intended to be insulting – 
No. But here's but here's I get what, it. Here, here's what the here's the outside looking in, okay? You're not a Laker fan, you're not covering the Lakers, you're somebody who lives in another part of the country, and you're glad that the Lakers are gonna struggle now because there's no LeBron and AD. Here's the outside. The outside is with LeBron and AD, Kuzma and THT and Montrez and KCP and, and Schroeder, they're all good guys. They're good role players when they've got superstars. Now, without superstars, the theory goes that they're going to be exposed as being just guys, that none of them have what it takes to, to step up and be the leader, the scorer, the talker, the guy who's going to be the de facto leader because the leaders are out. So this is when we find out what everybody's made of, including Frank Vogel. All right, eight seven 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 ten ESPN. Keep them coming, eight seven 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 ten three seven seven six. Coming up next, we've got uh, some great news, uh, another birthday that we can discuss, and of course, some sad news to pass your way. So we will try to balance out the force here with uh, two stories that we need to get to coming up in just a moment. So stick around. We are back in three minutes. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. By the way, if Mick Cronin were on today, he'd know Clinton is also on Around the Horn, too, there, Morales. So relax. <laughs> that was the point. Uh, might, might not have been because he did his homework versus he's just an ESPN watcher, and he's like, that guy, Sedano. Yeah. I see him on basketball games. I see him on Around the Horn. You know, I, I know that guy. Right. You know? That's it. You know? Sure. But Morales always has to, you know, he always has to throw his little two cents in. You know, he's got to be the funny guy. <laughs> funny, ha-ha. Uh, speaking of funny, I didn't realize that, Clinton, you shared a birthday with one William Shatner, a.k.a. Captain Kirk, the man who I believe had the first interracial kiss on network television, if I recall correctly, Uhura, with uh, yeah. Lieutenant Uhura. Yeah, I mean, listen, Shatner is a god. You know what I mean? For those of us who have grown up with the TV as our parent for a large part of our life, we've seen, you see a lot of Bill Shatner just because you see a lot of Bill Shatner. You know, The fact that he's 90 is shocking to me. I had no idea what his age was, and he's you know he doesn't look a day over seventy one. You know what I'm saying? Which is which is a good thing when you're up there that far. So good for him. Yeah, I never you know every time I see him, I'm like, okay, he just he's never going anywhere. I went into a store this past weekend. Don't ask me why, but my girlfriend was walking me around like a dog, and she took me into some appliance store, and I walked in, and there was a life size cutout of Bill Shatner, and I'm like, this guy. It's like when you go to Costco and you see protein powder that's endorsed by Magic Johnson, but you've never heard of it before. You're like, they're just everywhere. They got their hands in everything. And I didn't know William Shatner was 90 years old either. Man, 90. That is living, dude. I, I, he looks great, first of all. Like, I, I've seen him, you know, he still does, like, a lot of commercials and whatnot, as we've discussed. But, I mean, it, it's pretty incredible. I, I want to look like him when I'm 90 because I feel I like be he doesn't. at 90. I was going to say, I don't know. You know, like, if you gave me a clean 75 or 80 with no issues, I might take that over 90 with a question mark. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to really want it to stay around until 90. So, good for him. He obviously yeah. Love, love no, him. look, I, I get it. But if, if I can look 90 like that, where he's like, he's still like, he can jump. 
he can jump on the Starship Enterprise. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and and get it going and fly uh, warp speed or whatever the hell. You know? I mean, he looks 90 and bloated, but still capable. I'm with you. No yeah. way, bloated, not, dude. Have you seen what people look like at 90? They don't look as good as William Shatner. I know. I'm just dear saying, Star Trek like, fans. Write you know? to George and tell him how little he knows about how the USS Enterprise actually works. I would love to hear. Oh wow, you don't <laughs> think he he can keep up with new technology, huh? I'm not a Star Trek guy, so I don't know. But I know what I just heard that, uh, you know, I, from the bridge or whatever. That's pretty much all I know <laughs> is, is what's going on with that. that I mean, ship. you know, set phasers on stun. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Like, let's go with William Shatner. By the way, Greg, you missed some um, uh, some birthdays in your, ga- in your game. So you went with some good ones. Don't get me wrong. But today is also Reith, Reith, uh, Reith Witherspoon's birthday, 45. I love me some Reese. Happy birthday. Reese is uh, great. Sweet Home Alabama, tremendous movie. It is tremendous movie. Uh, and Constance Wu. I love Constance Wu. Ooh. She's the lead in Crazy Rich Asians and yeah. was also on the ABC show Fresh Off the Boat. Uh, she is beautiful as well. So I, uh, yeah. I am a big Constance Wu fan. So. She was on my she was on my extras list. I had other people I just had to choose. And we also missed Todd McShay. It's Todd McShay's birthday too. Oh Todd, oh, Todd, Todd, like Todd. Todd. What up, Todd? <laughs> there you go. Is that your is that your uh Frank Caliendo doing Mel Kiper? Well it's Kiper? actually Mel Kiper, right? right. Mel Kiper as Frank Caliendo. Todd, Todd, yeah. Todd, Todd. Yeah, because he he tries to interrupt him on TV all the time. He's like, Todd, 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 wait. <laughs> and then he jumps in. I love those two. I get Well dressed man, Todd McShay. We love him. What's that? Well-dressed man. Todd McShay will break oh out some God. suits, Always. some blazers the, on you that you have never seen before. Amazing dresser. To the nines. Every single time, that dude. He has got the threads down for sure. Um, all right, so that, that is the good stuff today. Unfortunately, we have uh, some sad news. I'm sure you've seen already by now. Elgin Baylor passed away. Um, you know, Jerry West, who was his longtime teammate with the Lakers, was on with uh, Mason in Ireland with Ramona, who was in for Mace today. And they had him on, and, and, you know, I thought Jerry really, you know, he nailed it when he said that, you know, Elgin Baylor was really the first star to put the Lakers on the map. Let's hear it. Well, for sure, and then particularly, I think, the first two or three years. But we, you know, became kind of a, a dynamic duo in terms of scoring and and driving this team to win. Uh I think the sad thing about it was that uh, during that era, heck, we were on the last page of the newspapers. I, I can remember very vividly our first few years uh, in a sports sports arena. You'd go there and the people would be rooting for other teams. And it wasn't until a while, until we started getting in the playoffs, and that seems to uh, kind of uh, get people's involvement going. There seems to be more interest that during those playoff uh, periods, uh, uh, fans started ter- turning out. And, of course, he was, you know, he was the king of the hill. Uh, but I was just, you know, kind of his running mate. And um, I think together uh, it was a pretty big combination. But there's no question he is, that his charisma on the court um, was special. And in today's era, he would have, he would have been all over the place, but um, I did not look at him like that. I just looked at him as a basketball player that had great skill and great determination. I looked at him more as a, a friend and someone who shared much, much more than just the basketball playing itself. 
Um, I mean, he, it, look, I think that he doesn't get the recognition as a player that he deserves, Clinton, because he didn't yeah. win a championship. Um, but he was really the first guy that I remember, you know, and I didn't see him play live, but when you watch the film, I, I think if you go back, he was like the first player to play above the rim on top of being just an incredible player from anywhere on the floor, really. Elgin Baylor would bang on your head and not think twice about it. That was a fact. Now, let me tell you something else about Elgin Baylor. Elgin Baylor happens to be from Washington, D.C., which is my hometown as well. So Elgin has a couple of different legacies, one of which is in D.C. as a high school player. He went to Spingarn High. You can read the old stories about him and Will Chamberlain driving up and down the East Coast trying to find ball games on random courts. And, like, I've known about this guy's importance just as a dude around the basketball circles my entire life. My dad talked about Elgin Baylor all the time in terms of players that he just we're never going to see anybody like again. And the second thing to mention about Baylor that we cannot, cannot get out of this without talking about is that his time with the Clippers, he was the first one telling y'all that Donald Sterling was a problem, okay? And he lost those battles because at the time in this country, people just did not want to hear it. He was right. You know what I'm saying? That guy did a lot for the game just in terms of who he was as a player, never mind what he put up with in front offices. He won one GM of the Year award, I believe. But, yeah, man, Elgin Baylor, major impact on my life, never mind the basketball world overall. Mm, yeah. Yeah, so we were talking about, you know, uh, you have a 90-year-old birthday with William Shatner, and then you have a guy like Elgin Baylor who dies today at 86 years old. By the way, again, Clinton, maybe I'd sign up for 86 right now. You know, I start. I started <laughs> yeah. thinking about that today. I'm like, yo, man, I'm 50. Like that is in a shorter period of time than I'm currently alive. So this kind of stuff makes you at least think a little bit. But look, great player, obviously, long before my time. Okay, but the history of moving with the Lakers um, and and being in L.A. and the first few years, as Jerry West described, nobody's really paying attention to the success that these guys had. Um, and then again, to your point, you know, all those years as a Clipper executive where he ultimately sued Donald Sterling and didn't win. Right. But, you know, then, then people remember that lots of people came to his defense afterwards when, when the Sterling thing really ultimately blew up. So sad if you're a huge basketball fan. I know you said that Elgin's you know, part of your life, your whole life. Sad day for Elgin Baylor yeah. fans. 86 years old. What a life. 877-710-ESPN. If you want to pay your respects, obviously, to Elgin Baylor. If you want to jump in on our Lakers conversation about – uh, what you expect from them without LeBron for probably about a month and AD for about uh, a similar amount of time. Can they hold on? Where would they fall in the seating? How worried are you? All that stuff, 877-710-ESPN. Dave McMiniman is going to stop by in the 5 o'clock hour as well, probably in that first segment somewhere. And don't forget, Money Madness School of the Day. We gave it away at 4.15 in the 5 o'clock hour. Listen for the cue to call for your chance to win 200 bucks today. But you got to be listening at 415 each and every day to make sure you get the school name, and then hopefully you are caller 8, and you can win the cash. Uh, all right, so we'll be back in three minutes. What you need to know in between, 710 ESPN.